Rubbin is racing. What up, everybody? How you feeling? It's Papa Bear here, Adam Pecora. And uh, you've tuned into a really another great episode <laughs> of Requiem for a Tuesday. Thanks for coming. We appreciate your business. Uh, do some of my business before we jump in. Rfat.bigcartel.com. Get some merch. Get some stuff. We got the goods. You know, on the cheap side, we keep user friendly. The tote bags are nice. You know, just saying. Uh, same as always. Multiplex Wolf X. Music everywhere. Streaming where you need it. Bandcamp if you're cheap. And you don't got that primo subscriptions to anything. Uh, yeah, everything's linked in the description. Check it all out. We got plenty of content for you. Rfatpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out if you feel. That's a thing. Don't forget. Uh, multiplex album news still a little hush hush release date coming soon and uh yeah exciting times right <laughs> am i right people you loving this the summer of wonders i got a nice coffee going i'm a few hours later than planned had to get a little nap in uh your boy had a big breakfast. Knocked me on my ass. What can I say? But I'm here. I'm back. I'm ready to dance. And we're feeling good. Now, I want to touch on last week a little bit. Uh, for those who didn't listen or forgot or what have you. Uh, you know... The Color of Money pod, I was very excited to do The Color of Money. Great flick. I absolutely loved it. think it's an underrated Scorsese masterpiece. I don't know if I got that point across. Um, I had a fucking terrible issue. I talked for about 15, 20 minutes. Gave it a passionate, you know, classic Adam Pecora stamp of approval. Ranting and raving. I was going hard, right? I look up, and I, it just wasn't going. And 100% my fault, you know, there was nobody else in the room. So as much as I would love to blame somebody else, uh, it all falls on Big Daddy over here. So that's a bummer. Uh, and, you know, the episode may have uh, lost some qual because of it, you know? And if that's the case, whoops. Sorry, not really, but, you know, if it wasn't clear, a big advocate for The Color of Money. So go see The Color of Money. And you know what? It's really ironic, too, because I think it was the same week, like a few days before, I was listening to, you know, whatever the most recent Monday morning podcast is, and Bill Burr had the exact same problem, kind of. Well, he was like, my battery ran out. Anyway, the point was I was listening and it's like, how do you make that mistake, dude? You're Bill Burr, you know? Not that I'm Bill Burr, but I made the same mistake. And in my head, I'm like, oh, there's no way I could have made that type of mistake. And then I made the same mistake. 
So I guess that's karma for the hatred. Not that it was hatred, but you get the point. The disbelief in old freckles. I don't know. You know, that's for a more divine power to decide. I can't uh I can't weigh in on that. But it was just like what the hell? How fucking embarrassing. It's like you know, and I was a couple beers in like I said and I was like, "Oh boy. <laughs> what did I do? I was all red. I was sweating. Uh it was tough." So, go watch the color of money. If uh if I wasn't clear on that. Oh, also, just to plug, if you haven't been listening to recent episodes, also go check out uh, the Lollapalooza episode where my buddy Daniel talks about, literally it takes up more than half of the episode. It's such a good story, a story about him breaking into Lollapalooza. Uh, it's not just like running the gates. It was an hours long, intricate plot uh, and it was, it's incredible. So go check that out. Just want to mention that. Uh, cause Daniel will be relevant later in the story when we get there, when we get there. Okay. I'll circle back and you'll be like, damn, what a callback. He did it again. And you'll be like, God damn right. I did it again. <laughs> I don't mean to toot my own horn, but honk honk. If you catch my drift. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of which. Not really, but speaking of Tom Cruise in a, you know, you can call billiards a sport if you choose. I just said billiards, not happy with myself, but that's okay. I did it. I won't edit it out. It's an honest moment. We all make mistakes, ladies and gentlemen, and that's okay. As long as you correct yourself and learn. Cheers. <laughs> This stuff is good, by the way. Big Watt, uncompromised, cold-pressed coffee. Just delicious coffee. Handcraft to joy, handcraft to joy, handcraft to joy, handcraft to joy, handcraft to joy. That's right, it says it that many times. Guess they couldn't think of any other ones. Uh, This thing has three calories in it somehow. I don't know. There's a little bit of fat in here. I don't know how that happens. Maybe there's a little butter in here. Put a little butter in your coffee. People like that. It's okay. I'm not not a big fan. Probably rather do it than sugar and cream anyway. It's like I'm on fucking three-day Adderall bender. Guy has two sips of coffee. Not a lot of water either. My mouth is so dry. Which is the case a lot, honestly. I don't. I haven't been doing well with my uh, pre show hydration. Not that anyone cares. You know what I mean? And, you know, just a little, little inside baseball for everybody. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tom Cruise. Here's just a realization I had. I fucking saw Days of Thunder because I was like, I've been wanting to see Days of Thunder. I want to see Tom Cruise learning all these crazy jobs for one movie. You know, so it was like, if I'm going to see Color of Money, I got to see Days of Thunder. Simple as that. Uh, You know, plus it's him and Tony Scott again after Top Gun. 
There was a point in my childhood where Top Gun was my favorite movie. It was one of my first favorite movies that wasn't like a children's movie. So that was pretty early on. I was maybe like eight at the oldest. Could have been five. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I don't really know how Top Gun 2 is going to go without Tony Scott. Hopefully they try to mimic his style. You know, just out of respect. Because it's really a big factor. It's what makes Top Gun sick. Uh, and like also just like racing, such a perfect thing for Tony Scott. Just same reason why Unstoppable, I was going to say Unbreakable again. I ruined it before. Is a great Tony Scott movie. Tony Scott is great at fast. Anything that moves fast, he can do it better than anybody. So we got planes, trains, and automobiles covered. Those are pro- those are probably the three best Tony Scott movies, honestly. Right? I mean, what else are we talking? Crimson. I haven't seen Crimson Tide. I guess that's on me. I don't really know what that's about even. <laughs> so if that falls into the category, so be it. Then that one too. But regardless, I'm just not a true romance fan, as as you all may well know. I don't get it. So, I'd rather watch. I I would take Beverly Hills Cop two over, fucking. True romance. If we're talking Tony Scott flicks, uh, but Days of Thunder was sick. I didn't realize just how much Talladega Nights was like a direct parody of Days of Thunder. Um, I guess I just always assumed it had taken some stuff from it. I don't know. I guess there's not a lot of like famous NASCAR movies, if there's any, other than those two at this point. Uh, but I, I don't know. I guess I kind of thought it just... I, I didn't think of it as a parody movie, really, at all. Just kind of a wild concept. But, I don't know. Just That was just an interesting nugget, I suppose. Tom Cruise... Look, he's good at being intense. I, it's like, I don't want to say he's not a good actor... But I don't want to say he's a good actor. He certainly doesn't like play characters ever. Uh, I mean, I get like Born on the Fourth of July was like his moment to like be a guy. I, you know, I never got through the movie. It was just like a little much for me, I guess. A little preachy, perhaps. I couldn't tell you the reason, but I don't know. We look at. Color of money, like I said, he was just like a wild boy. You couldn't really put a finger on him, and it didn't matter. The movie was about pool; it wasn't about the guys, no matter what. But then, Days of Thunder, it's like, who is this guy? You can't really tell. He's just always like a go with the flow kind of guy. He doesn't talk much. It's hard to put a like I said. I just said it's hard to put a finger on it. I was gonna say it again, because it just is. My fingers—they don't know where to go. I can't put them anywhere. <laughs> with this guy. <laughs> anyway, my long-winded point being I think Tom Cruise is number 2 overall in the Sports Movie Hall of Fame. You know, Kevin Costner is a no-brainer shoe-in like there's nobody else who's king of the crown. Um yeah, I mean just the countless classics and even the stinkers 
Kevin Costner loves being a sports guy. It's very respectable. Somebody's got to do it. I'm glad it's him. He's excellent at it. But Tommy over here. Making a run at the crown. Now, you know, these are borderline fringe sports. Sure. But they're both excellent movies. Like, The Color of Money is a fucking great flick. Days of Thunder, here's the thing. All the racing shit is awesome because Tony Scott, like I said, is great at it. And, you know, they throw, it's the same problem The Hustler had and The Color of Money had. They got to throw the relationship thing in there, don't they? Now, The Color of Money was, did it better because it... There's more of just a conflict with Paul Newman, and he just kind of smacked that bitch around, <laughs> and uh, we got right past it. Uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, more more relationship stuff did happen throughout the movie. But regardless, it's not interesting. Why aren't we doing the objective here? Who is this really for? It's forced. It doesn't fit the narrative. There's no, like, you know what I mean? The characters aren't developing in any other way, so what? They're just going to have some kind of crazy relationship. We don't need it. Um, yeah, there were, there's a part where Tom Cruise goes blind or whatever, just like in Talladega Nights. And he's trying to bang Nicole Kidman. Can't blame him. That may be how they met and got married. Don't know if that was already a thing or not. Whatever. And uh, it was just ridiculous. The whole thing was just terrible. And it's like, it's not hard to believe that a hottie would want to hook up with Tom Cruise, though, who was like, you know, astonishingly good looking at the time, especially possibly his peak because he does look fantastic in the movie. So it's like, yeah, he could pull it off. You know, that's not that's not a shocker. But the whole relationship was just off and it wasn't good. And then there was a, there's like a scene where he spazzes out and does like a driving thing. All Like I said, anytime there's driving, it's sick. But it's just like the scenes of them just sitting talking. It's like, we don't need to learn anything about any of this. None of this matters. This may appeal to women if that's what you think. But, they, but it won't. And they're not seeing this movie anyway. So I don't know what we're doing. But even if they are, they're like, this is terrible. Anybody can see right through a thing that's bad. Like I said, a bad thing isn't good just because you, you want to check a box. Okay? Let's go good for good sake, good for goodness sake. It's like the song says. Right? What is that, Santa? <laughs> well, you know, rings true in all, in all walks of life. You got to be good for goodness sake. Lesson for Tony Scott. Rest in peace. Jesus. Getting dark. I'm getting dark. Anyway. Other than that, though, the movie was fucking fun. Just a ton of fucking fun and great, beautifully shot. And there's an easy way that a NASCAR movie could just be terrible. And it's that the racing looks like shit or it's hard to believe. And... Here's the thing, I'm not like a big NASCAR guy by any stretch of the imagination. This movie stayed interesting and the racing looked good and was believable as far as I can tell. Now, a guy winning as much as he was winning, that's probably hard to believe, but I don't know. It's fun. It's hard to get a good sports movie, period. This was like as good as one could look. I mean, 
As far as filming the track, again, like I could be way off. Like some NASCAR people out there might be like, can you believe this garbage? You thought that was good? I did. Now, you know, the whole thing like, oh, he's he's coming from ninth to first and four laps. Like, again, I don't know. That, that did even seem like a stretch to me. Maybe that is a crazy amount of gaps. But also, it's like he's good. So if we're to believe that he's good, then he's good. Um, But the stuff with him and his coach was great. I mean, Robert Duvall, the whole cast was fucking elite. Randy Quaid, John C. Riley was in the movie, which I think is hilarious for Talladega Nights purposes. Um, I get the, I get the whole reason they made, um, what's, what's his name's character? Who is Sasha Baron Cohen's character? Like gay. There's just like a weird gay moment. Not that, again, not that there's anything wrong with that. I should clarify, but maybe I missed it early. Like they had mentioned it at some point. I don't know. But like his rival racer. Just had like a like a, a shockingly gay boy like man friend. You know, I don't have a problem with it, but he was just like very gay, and they were just like, okay, cool. I mean, throw that in there. That's awesome. Very progressive, frankly, because they were still they made a point to show all the Confederate flags at these NASCAR races. So the fact that they also throw in the gay driver, it's like okay, pretty sick touch. I respect that, but it's also like okay. What does this add anything to the story? Again, people are gay, so it's good. But I was just kind of like, well, did I admit, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like that's something that would have been mentioned. And if it was mentioned again, I totally missed it. Uh, the movie lost me in the middle, like I said. Kind of lost focus. I was reading a little bit in the middle. I'm not going to front. Um,. But, again, like I said, it just enlightened a lot of the parody elements of Talladega Nights that I wasn't aware of. So, if anything, honestly, Days of Thunder also makes Talladega Nights an even better, funnier movie. Because I get more of the actual jokes that I kind of thought were just funny, silly things. Now I realize some of the references to it, and it's like, okay, this is sick. So, I don't know. Looked up the Rotten Tomatoes. Terrible, apparently. Everybody just hates Tony Scott so much historically other than true romance again which i don't understand and i think top gun probably it's probably a bunch but still he just never got the credit he deserved this is a prime example of that love days of thunder we'll watch again and we'll watch the color of money again so just need to hammer that point home now now, if they do a Days of Thunder sequel, we pass 25 years later. We're well past 25 years later. Uh, we're at 30-something years later. But either way, they can do a, like a color of money for Days of Thunder. Ah, no Tony Scott. Regardless, that would be sick. Let's bring that back. Because <laughs> that would be fun. Unlike motherfucking Space Jam 2. You like that trans? That was a pretty sloppy transition, actually. I didn't even hint that I was going to be going there, but we're going there. We're still on sports movies, so that's fine. But as I rationalize <laughs> my own thing, uh, this movie's terrible. So I'm just going to say that first things first, right off the bat. There's <laughs> there's no other way to put it other than this movie is the worst. 
Um, yeah, spoiler alert, I guess, if you give a shit about Space Jam 2. Because <laughs> there's not really any way for me to talk about how much it sucks without just explaining outright why and when and what and where. Uh... I told myself I wasn't going to watch this period, but then I realized that it's actually a big deal and doing well and people are watching it. So it's like, fuck it. Because I also didn't realize that it was going to be free on HBO. I think I forgot that that was happening still. Uh, Shout out to Warner Brothers for not canceling all these free movies. They easily could have. In which case I would not have spent money to go see it and um so maybe not shout out to hbo because they kind of they they forced me to watch space jam 2 by making it accessible to me so you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't ladies and gentlemen it's tricky it's tricky 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 uh unrelated to tricky but rest in peace, Bismarck. He just want to throw that in there too. Very sad, but you know, I clicked on it. And I was like, "Is it the Beatus?" And I was like, "Yep, it's the Beatus." And it's like, "Yeah, he should have known. He should have known." But that's also mean. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, great beatboxer. He was in. A, he, what movie was he in? That I ju- I just watched a movie and he popped up in it, and it was like, "Oh shit, this is dope." <sighs> I don't remember. Pootie Tang, maybe? I was watching Pootie Tang recently. Is Hit me up and tell me if Bismarck is in Pootie Tang. But he was in something I was watching recently. So, shout out. Sad news. All we have is sad news. It's terrible. And that's why I just be watching these shit movies. Because, you know, what's at stake here? LeBron James... Only makes 50 million more dollars. You know, and he's still mad. He's still mad. So what he doesn't understand. Like, he needs to flex the financial numbers of Space Jam. Does it make the movie good, LeBron? And regardless, you responding to haters is crazy. You're the best. You know, like, that's the thing. That's that's like the LeBron versus Jordan argument in a nutshell. Okay. Not that I'm going to do a whole piece on this. Gets beat over the fucking head by everybody sports adjacent across the fucking globe forever. Okay? But it's pretty much this simple. Michael Jordan was ne- is never going to be, like, responding to people who talk negatively about him. One, because you can't really talk negatively about him in terms of basketball. But the point is, you're not going to get under his skin, so there's just no point. And if you do get under his skin, like, he just crushes you. In competition of some kind And that's enough You know what I mean But LeBron just doesn't get He just doesn't get that concept Like you are at the top So like you don't need to whine and bitch and complain It's just always bitching and complaining You need to be the dominant force Who's like fuck you You know It's just a thing that doesn't go well Anyway so here's why this movie's bad It's it's not LeBron's fault, frankly. You know, he does... Well, kind of is. <laughs> I mean, he's not a good actor, really. At least not the acting that they're making him do. Uh, 
which I don't know why they're making him do this much acting. Um, obviously, you know, Space Jam 2, you get the offer, you take it. It makes, generationally, like as far as it goes, it makes sense for this one to be LeBron, I guess. You know what I mean? Because like, if you're going to make, if you decide for whatever reason you need to make a sequel to Space Jam, it does make the most sense for it to be LeBron James. Maybe a little late in his career. Would have been cool if it was KD. Um, but wh- where does the story come from with KD? That's tough. And KD definitely isn't the draw LeBron would be. No matter what. I mean, it's hard to gauge that, I guess. Because Ke- obviously Kevin Durant is as popular as you could get. And he, for my money, is the best player in the NBA. I think he showed that willing the Nets nearly past the Bucks single-handedly. Uh, regardless, it doesn't matter for what we're talking about here. But, yeah, it's like, where, where does the story come from, right? And here's the thing. The story comes from nowhere with LeBron, too. I think r- the best course of action, like what would have made the Space Jam 2 the best possible movie is if it's Steph Curry. And I think that that also makes sense in like a generational basketball shift, right? Like Michael Jordan changed basketball for that entire decade. LeBron hasn't changed basketball just because he's a freak and nobody can do what he does. Again, not that people could do what Jordan could do, but like Kobe emulated Jordan and then like it kind of stuck around and people like were, you know what I mean? Like the influence tree is there if you want to argue that. I'm going down rabbit holes here because of the coffee. And because I don't want to make like a moot basketball point as if like basketball Twitter is going to blow up on me when it's not. So I don't know why I do this, but I do it. I can't help it. This is what it's like to be me. Uh, So imagine that. (laughs) What was I saying? Yeah. So it should have been Steph Curry just because I just think that that's it would have been more fun. It could have been a more funny movie. I mean, he's a better guy at being likable i don't know like lebron wants to be this like happy world pg world like the rock guy but like you're not this cuddly teddy bear guy you're a guy who cries a lot and like you like tacos you don't you don't have much of a personality and that's fine you know i don't know i don't know what i'm getting at there let's get into the movie let let me try to explain what I'm tiptoeing around. <laughs> anyway. So in Space Jam, the original, which is a great movie. I think I did an episode on it. I've at least talked about it probably multiple times. Um, Look, bias guy here from Chicago. Love Michael Jordan. You know. More than a non-Chicagoan would, you know. A little extra juice on it. But I wasn't around, so I don't have this, like, thing that people who saw him play and were around for it to, like, understand it. I don't have that intense of a thing. But let me just say this. Like, he's a charming motherfucker. And that's it. In in Space Jam, that's what they have him do. Like, he's the guy from the Hanes ads. He just smiles and 
you know, has a clever one-liner and he knows how to wink and look at the camera and play it up and he knows how to do that character. Be, he knows how to be arrogant but not an asshole. You know, he knows how to be funny. He's a funny guy. Right? Michael Jordan loves those cutting little jabs and when you tell him to do it a little lighter, it's not that hard. Okay? It's easy for him to throw the charm on sarcastic remarks, yada, yada, yada. And that's it. They just play to his strengths. It's light. He gets to play golf. He loves golf. And the other main thing, it takes a page of reality, right? It's set around him quitting the NBA and playing baseball. And it shows his real NBA peers, and it has all these interlocking storylines that are happening at different places. And they all connect. And the only thing is... It's Michael Jordan versus these alien monsters. Simple plot. And what do they want? They want Michael Jordan because he's the best. Simple. Makes sense. They need entertainment. Who's more entertaining than the best basketball player who ever lived? Ultimately, the plot's simple. But then, like, they add all these wrinkles and it gets fun. You kind of buy it. It's cool to see Charles Barkley miss and brick. Whatever. So this movie does not take reality into account at all. And they decide, Space Jam 2 I'm talking about, they decide to write this storyline where LeBron is this guy who just wants his kids to play basketball. And basketball is everything. And his one kid wants to be a video game designer. And LeBron James of all, here's the thing. I don't like LeBron James as a person, and this story is not believable to me at all. I know nothing about LeBron's personal life more than like what you would hear through someone mentioning it in a podcast. Like I haven't looked into it at all. But by all accounts, he's like a fantastic father who's very supportive and there for his kids at all moments. So, and it's just hard for me to believe that in this current generation, like, LeBron doesn't understand that, you know, you should support your kids no matter what they want. Like, that he wouldn't know that. There's no way that he would be that stupid. So, I think it's, it's like, offensive to LeBron James that they would make the story, oh, he's a bad dad. <laughs> it's like, what? You know? And, like, that that's the reason why, because he wants his kid to play basketball. You know, not the fact that he's on the road half the year. Like, no, none of that matters. He's. It's just that when he's there, he's a little pushy. I don't, come on. And especially when his son designed, like, a full-ass video game. Like, anybody wouldn't be impressed by that. Come on now. And the opening shots, they're also shot like commercials. Like, they just look terrible. And they try to do, like, back and forth and, like, little one-liners and the comedic timing is off the jokes are just bad to begin with and like i said it looks terrible and it's like oh my god this movie's gonna be horrible right then it transitions into like don Cheadle plays an algorithm (laughs) like that works for warner brothers and For no particular reason, I guess the reason would be because he's LeBron James, just like the Michael Jordan reason, but still it's just not pinpointed. 
But yeah, this algorithm just decides he's got he's gonna kidnap LeBron James. And that's that's it. And then he takes his son hot. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Not again, not that like being sucked into Toon World by like for Michael Jordan made sense. But like the way they went about it made sense. You know what I mean? Like Oh, well, let's get him on the golf course. Let's break into his house. And let's take him. You know what I mean? Whereas like this algorithm just decided it could come to life, but then and suck people in, but somehow it's not powerful enough to just let itself free. You know what I mean? Like it's just a dumb loose thing. Uh anyway, the movie does improve once this happens, though, even though none of it makes any fucking sense at all. And LeBron becomes, like, animated, which is a weird choice because they kind of... Michael Jordan was animated for, what, like, one second in, like, a cutaway in Space Jam, and the whole thing was live-action animated mix, and it worked. It didn't look shitty. I still think it's good. But for whatever reason, they decided to animate LeBron. It's fine. It doesn't take anything away. That Then the Looney Tunes stuff gets pretty interesting, right? Like, he goes into Looney Tunes world, and he flies through all the Warner Brothers catalog. It's kind of like an HBO Max commercial, which is, I understand the criticisms of that. But it also is cool that he's going through, like, all these movies. I wish they would have spent more time doing that, and it was almost like Wreck-It Ralph, even though that's the problem with Wreck-It Ralph. They don't go through more video games and spend more of the plot doing that. I think I've been over that. But anyway, I would have liked to, it would have been more cool if they would have spent more time hopping through these different things, but then it's also kind of like a Spider-Verse thing, but whatever. They were trying, it's it's a ripoff of stuff and it's a stretch and it's just a big ad for Warner Brothers. And But like, if you're, if you're doing it, do it and make it cool. And they kind of do, you know, there's, they overlap with like superheroes and blah, blah, blah. And all that stuff is sick. It's the best part of the movie. And, but it, it wraps up pretty quickly. They, they get the whole team together. And then once they get the team together, it's pretty spotty. The actual basketball game is not entertaining. No Bill Murray. Sad. Thought maybe they could have, sn- they could have snuck something in, you know, they couldn't have got him for 20 minutes. <laughs> or something, you know, I don't know. No Wayne Knight. You know, they didn't bring back any of the old players. And like Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis and other players are involved on the other team, like in Space Jam, but not narratively at all. Like in the other one where they show that, oh, these guys got the talent of these other players and it's like a plot line. And they like made sure that it there was a reason. Doesn't happen here. The guy just decides. Oh, here's other bas. There's other basketball players that are monster versions. Algorithm, whatever. Just here they are. And then the game is like, which is clever for the plot. Like the ga- the game that they play is the son's video game. Like in reality, and so LeBron has to be a better dad in order to beat his son's video game. Like. I get what they're going for, you know, but it just has no impact, falls completely flat. Again, the actual, like, not, again, not that the basketball game was good in the original, 
<laughs> you know, it's like I said, as far as like sports movies go, you're never going to see like good shit, and especially not a children's one, especially not a children's one cartoons. So I understand that. But, you know, the, none of the stakes feel like anything like at all. Again, I'm not trying to act like Space Jam. The original is this like artistic, dramatically sound and fucking whatever movie. But I don't know. It's. It's just more fun. It's at least entertaining. This shit's just dull. They, I don't know. It's like the, weirdly they were like afraid if that they were gonna offend someone. It seems like if that makes sense. Like they're just they were just worried, so none of the jokes are jokes. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. The movie just yeah. I don't know. Sad for Don Cheadle really just a terrible role and he you know wasn't very good not that he had anything to work with at all uh and the looney tunes themselves like they suck there's it's not there's not really any reason for them to be in it uh you know it's just forced it's the same type of thing where like oh he just chose it to be Looney Tunes. There's no like narrative reason again. So the whole movie is just pointless. And so anyway, like I said, the resolution is LeBron being a better dad and like finally accepting his son, which there's no reason why he wouldn't have accepted him before. Uh and that's that's it. They kind of and then that's how they win. <laughs> By him being a better dad. But they try to do all this like emotional stuff. And LeBron has to like kind of cry. And he like tries. You know he really does try. He put in the effort. But he's not a good actor. And that's why like they didn't need to do all this. And that's why the first one works. Because like I said. Jordan doesn't have to do more than he needs to do. Just smile. Be charming. Be good at basketball. Be the guy in the commercials. It's that easy. Um... And LeBron just isn't a liked, charming, funny guy. He just isn't. It's not his personality. So that wouldn't it wouldn't have worked to see him as this easy breezy quipping guy. So I get that. But the put to put this narrative, like, I don't know, they could have said it a couple of years in the past. Cause they do this whole thing of LeBron as a kid at the beginning, just like they did with Jordan. And then they transition to his future, but then it has nothing to do. They're just like, oh, well, here's LeBron being rich at his L.A. house now. So, like, why did we need to see the lead up of his whole career? It made sense with Jordan because he had to go to baseball. So, like, oh, we need the whole narrative for this to make sense because why is this guy playing baseball? You know what I mean? (laughs) It was obviously understood at the time, but, you know. And so, anyway, they do this whole thing with LeBron, and then it's just like, oh, well... He, that was his whole career just to like show it off <laughs> you know it has nothing to do with this movie it's just so you like know who LeBron is which is like I don't know there's better ways to go about it would have made more sense had it been from his last season in Cleveland to his move to LA and now it's him in LA and that's how he interacts with Warner Brothers which is still kind of what it is because Warner Brothers calls him in for a movie thing but it, I, it's still just like set in the present. So 
that's why they made up this narrative because he's already been in LA. Like, you know, Anthony Davis is his teammate in the movie. Would have made more sense for them to be adversaries had they like not actually teamed up yet in this timeline. Like that could be a thing. Anyway, so the narrative craft of it ruins it because they just make up a story that has no merit for no reason. And you get the point. I've been rambling on at this point. Uh, It sucked. Don't watch it. (laughs) It just takes all of the fun and charm and lightness away from the original Space Jam. And it's literally just like, how do we just make a soulless version of the same thing but put LeBron in it? And there's no regard for any quality or entertainment. It's just dull. There, There's a weird thing where all of the Looney Tunes become 3D animated. And they just don't look great. And it's off-putting. And there's really no reason for it. Uh, LeBron. They keep making it seem like LeBron's wife makes dinner. Which is just like, there's no way LeBron's wife makes dinner. Doesn't LeBron, like, very famously have a personal chef? You know, it's just, like, things like that. It's, like, why are we doing a, like, I understand a fictionalized version, but why are we, why is it completely? You know what I mean? I understand that wasn't Michael Jordan's kids in the movie, in the original, but they weren't, like, part of the plot in any real meaningful way. Jordan didn't have to have a scene where he cries and, like, has fake emotion because we don't need it. This movie is just cartoons playing basketball. Let's just keep it at that. You know. Uh, the, yeah. So there's a middle chunk that's good where it's all animated. And they just go through a bunch of other movies. And even that was viewed as soulless propaganda by a lot of people from what I read. Which can't blame them. But... At least that was somewhat interesting and there was a relative amount of thought put behind it where they like gather each Looney Tune from each movie and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. They, it, It's crazy because they seem, seems like they spent a lot of time on it. You know what I mean? Been hearing about this for years. And I, I don't know. I don't know really what they could, they could just needed better writing. I want to like try to be like, what could you have done better? Uh, I don't have an answer. They probably just shouldn't have made it, but it's going to make a bunch of money and whatever. It'll appease the Chinese, I guess, which LeBron loves. So good for that, I guess. But, uh. What a stinker. What a just fat, fat stinker. Um, (laughs) Now to transition to a better movie that I saw this weekend. Uh, Also a Looney Tune, Roadrunner, (laughs) ironically enough. Look at all these transitions, bro. I'm just killing it. Um, It's a documentary about Anthony Bourdain. This is where I mentioned earlier my buddy Daniel, who was on the Lala episode. Again, go check that out. Um, Him, (laughs) I was going to say Daniel again. Him, Justice, big friend of the show, and uh, our buddy Ryan also has been on the show. I interviewed him and his bandmate way back. 
in the earlier episode. Go check that out. Talking with Lenny. Um, yeah, around the time Anthony Bourdain died, just a little backstory. It was like, no, it might have been the night of. We all happened to be hanging out. We were over at Ryan's place in Uptown, and we were just like, fuck. We got really high. We were really bummed. I was a casual fan. I liked what I'd seen. Obviously, Anthony Bourdain, the guy who took the food and travel show and turned it into a true art form, whether he thinks so or not, I know that he does not. Uh, but yeah, just a, a guy who was openly flawed and explored that. And I don't know what to say. Just a guy who exposed the world to a lot of culture and did it in a very non-pretentious way. And also made it entertaining and was just a real person. And it was just beautifully shot, beautifully narrated. What can you say? (laughs) His shows were just fucking amazing. So anyway, we watch one of his series, one of the Chicago episodes, possibly go to another series and watch another Chicago episode. And we're like, fuck it, man. We got to get out there and we got to try these places. And like, anyway, so the point is. It started a whole thing. We have since made a commitment to locally and just in our lives together or uh, for separate for me as well. It has really just changed my life. But the point is, try the food in your place. Go to these places that are legendary, institutional, blah, blah, blah. And I do that whenever I travel now. I make it like a point of that, as you've heard on the Road Sodas episodes, the New York episode. I don't know if I mentioned the place I was going to. But anyway... You get the gist of what I'm saying. So the guy's big impact on me, post-mortem especially, watched more of his stuff after the fact. It's a sad thing that that's a thing. Um, Again, I, I just didn't appreciate him while he was here. And not that I, I could have fucking saved his life or anything anyway. So not that I fucking really regret it because I wouldn't have met the guy anyway. So... <laughs> Just to be real about it for a second. I don't know why I felt the need to clarify that. But either way, very important man to me. Very influential. And so the second I heard that this documentary was coming out, had to grab tickets at the Great Music Box Theater. Favorite place in the world. Uh, First time in the screening room. First time in any screening room of any kind. Uh, It was pretty hot in there, which was a bummer, but truly an excellent way to watch a movie. It's a great size. It's just as immersive as a big theater because of the lack of depth. It's kind of like a living room screening. Like if you had a full-size screen taking up like an entire wall in your living room. Yeah, just loved it. Anyway. So this movie, I didn't really know anything about it. Leading up to the release date, I did notice a lot of things popping up on my Google News feed, things popping up on Instagram. Like So the media is definitely covering it. And I was like, oh shit, okay, so this is getting steamed. This isn't like a super unheard of thing. And then I realized, oh, it's by the guy who did the Mr. Rogers doc, which I haven't seen, but I know was just devastating. So I was like, oh, fuck. This is going to crush me, right? And I got to say, my expectations got really high really quickly just because there was a buzz for it and I tapped into it and that was a mistake. It's really on me. Uh, 
I don't want to spoil this one too much, but I, I might do it. So proceed with caution or wait until you see the movie to listen to the rest of this. But the movie starts off fucking fantastic. Shot out of a cannon. I will say all they got plenty of footage. The worst thing a documentary can do is not have enough footage, not spend a lot of time editing and do a lot of voiceover and make it easy and just do it over photos and that's it. And it's like, this is terrible. You could have made this on fucking PowerPoint. You know what I mean? Like not even iMovie. You could have made a fucking PowerPoint. This has so little going on in it. They do a great job of all editing, ton of footage. The whole thing is very visually like well done. But narratively, it goes off the rails. So the beginning is great. It tell it teaches a bunch, keeps it interesting. And anyway, so they go from a point of like his early-ish life. They don't give that many details about anything, really. I You don't learn too much that you didn't already know, which is kind of a bummer, but it's still entertaining. Feels like it's building to something. And then they spend the last like 45 to maybe just a half hour of the movie just being like Asya Argento was a piece of shit, which was his last girlfriend. And I guess she was like cheating on him and it was public and it was devastating because he was a romantic and uh, he was like head over heels with this chick. And basically they were like, it's her fault he killed himself, which I was like, okay, pretty harsh. You know, trust me, I've been the guy who gets his heart broken and I take it very personally and hard. But retroactively, you realize you're wrong. You know what I mean? Now you shouldn't get cheated on, but also like shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. It's a trope for a reason. Anyway, I don't know why I need to hammer that point home. The thing is just that, like, it's weird how it went from being, like, an objective thing about, like, what has happened to him. And then it just turned to, like, all of his crew members basically being like, she sucks, she's the worst, and we didn't say anything about it. So we're just going to bash her in this dock. And that's weird. And they're all just like... Then they, like, bash him because they're like, he changed and he changed because of her. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, why didn't you say something about it at the time then? If it if it was so apparent and obvious to everybody, you know what I mean? And you were so close to them. And then they're just like, yeah, and he just started firing people. And we were like, oh, no, now we can't talk to him. And they were basically just, like, trying to deflect blame of, like, yeah, yeah. Even though we were normally there for him, we weren't at the end. And we feel guilt, and we're going to scream about whose fault it is and make sure we're clear that it wasn't any of ours. And just like, oh, what happened? What is this movie? And they just spent a lot of time on it, and they spent zero time trying to be like, oh, like saying like objectively what happened. Not that they know. And that was basically the thing. The whole end narrative of it was like, we still don't really know what happened the night he died. And so it's like, oh, you guys spent a half an hour just trying to like seem not guilty. And I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way. They were even, and it was weird because they, they made sure to like make it seem bad that Anthony Bourdain supported 
Asia Argento's Me Too movement stuff. And then they were just like, he went too far with it. But it's just like, so? You know, like his girlfriend was brutally raped. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let him support her. And I get it. It did get out of, uh, you know, like it's just weird that they needed to put like the Me Too movement has gone too far. They needed to throw that into the Bourdain doc because he also went a little heavy with it. It's like, I don't know. Why Why is that a problem? Again, not that I, th- I do think that it has gone too far in modern times, but it's just not relevant, especially given the fact that he did what he did, like, still when it was still, like, very positive and was, like, you know what I mean? All of it just rubbed me the wrong way. It was just very strange. And they just lingered on it all way too much. It lost the whole way the movie was going, just like, I don't know. It just really flew off the rails, and that that surprised me. Now, it was also hot in the theater. I had had probably too much to drink earlier, and I was getting really dehydrated. I was getting a little grumpy. Um, but I was waiting for it to be this, like, emotional outpouring. And it just wasn't. And the only person... Here's the thing. Like, his they, when they had his friends on, like, they had David Chang and David Cho, who... I mix up and I feel bad and it seems bad, but it's like, come on, guys. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Why are you guys in the same scene also making it difficult on people? But anyway, David Trowick had a full breakdown. And he made a lot of points that were great. He was like, Anthony wouldn't have wanted any of this. And that was just, and then they ended at that. But like the last 30 minutes, it was just so anti-Anthony. The whole movie was very Anthony. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like I know the guy. But you know what I mean? Like you just get a sense for what he would have wanted. He probably wouldn't have wanted anyone to make a documentary about him, I guess. Or he would say that. But they did such a good job. And then they spent a whole bunch of time undoing that good job. And then they try to reverse them doing a bad job by just have David by having David Cho point that out. Uh, I don't know, but also yeah, he was the only one who like I don't know his exes were kind of involved. <sighs> but I, don't, I I was just waiting for the moment when it got like super heavy and somebody really, but like they intentionally avoided. Having Asia Argento even be present, so it it I don't know. It's just weird that the movie became like, ant that that was the point of the movie. Like fuck Asia Argento, and it like it like wanted to point a finger. And I I wanted a movie that celebrated the guy's life and like the art that he created and like what it did for people, which they still touch on, but. That's that's not what I took away from what like you know what I mean? That's not what they were trying to do. That's not what the the narrative of the movie wanted you to look at. And it was just really off putting. And it sucks. It's uh, because and then they kind of just like they touch on little things about like him being a father and blah blah blah. And those are things that they more should have explored. <sighs> and I don't know. 
it's hard to it's hard to say. It feels like they kind of brushed over a lot of things with like the shows and like moments in it. And they just really wanted to shove down those points at the end. Cause it was like, oh, we're going through his life, we're going through his life, and then boom, thirty minutes about the suicide thing. And they just like talk shit about him. <laughs> and it's ter it's terrible. You guys are supposed to be his friends and like you came on this documentary to like try to make yourselves look better and to be like, oh, he changed. And they do. They show this point where like they were filming and Asya was directing because he wanted to direct and this guy was like trying to pour his heart out like you frequently would see in there and she like cuts it and tries to like set it up better. Which is a thing you kind of would assume happens on TV shows a lot, but I guess the point was like, oh, we don't do that on this show, but now we're doing it on this show and this is bad. But it was like they had one example and they were trying to make it seem like, see, look at how corrupted he is now. And it's like, oh, sorry, the guy's in love. You know, I could understand how it's a nuisance, but it was the whole thing just came off as really petty. And, uh, if if your whole point like like if he were to come back and see that movie, do you think that he'd be like, oh, thanks for having my back, guys? I'm s- like that he would watch it and like it would open his eyes to his behavior. You know what I mean? They basically admit that he knows he got played and he fucked up, and like he says that because there was like tabloid stuff, and then that comes up, and then one of his buddies or producers or whatever. Talks about him bringing it up and Bourdain being like, isn't it fucking embarrassing? You know, paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly what he said. And she's like, how do you guys not understand that part of it? And now you're just like trying to expose that and like rub it in. And I don't know. I think you get my point. And it was just really upsetting because I came into this thinking it was going to be this great portrait of an obviously, you know, broken struggling man you know complicated man who you know had drug problems and all this shit and was open about it and it's just like we're really gonna try i i don't know it really bothered me because like like i said i just want to you know imagine if the mr rogers thing was like look at this fucking prick You know what I mean? Like, fuck this guy. It's like, no. People are watching this movie because this man is beloved and they love him. I don't know. It's like if there was a documentary about Robin Williams and at the end they were like, wasn't he a piece of shit? And it's like, dude. We just spent an hour talking about how great this guy is. Like, uh, how did this happen? Why is there a twist ending in this documentary? I I don't know. All I know is I fucking love you, Anthony Bourdain. Rest in peace. Changed my life forever, and I would be furious if I were you. (sighs) Don't ever turn on me, ladies and gentlemen, and spin my narrative, please. Uh, I think that's coming out on HBO, too, so hopefully... You know, maybe this episode will gain a little traction once it comes out. I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, I don't have anything, like, lined up 
to say for sure that's going to be in an upcoming episode or anything like that. So no teasers for what's coming up. I'm sure I'll have something grand. As per usual, you know how I do it, folks. Man, every time I fucking sip coffee when I record... I just like black out while I'm talking and I'm like, dude, did I just say a bunch of nothing for 10 minutes? I truly just feel like all I do is talk in circles. So sorry if I just talked in a bunch of circles again. I know it happens. Probably better than me slightly drunk, missing 15 minutes and then coming back and doing a half-assed version of what I just did because I have no memory of it. Anyway. Thanks for tuning in to Requiem for a Tuesday yet again. Uh, a lot of big support on the most on the recent episodes last month. Seeing a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of downloads. So keep that up. Share the show. Rate, review, subscribe. All platforms. You know, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Get it. Get them all. You know, just just for me. You don't have to listen to them all on everything. As long as you set up auto-download. <laughs> you know, juice my numbers for me, baby. Let's get it. Let's get me on that algorithm. Exponential growth only. What else? I don't know. Go listen to the music. Check out the video episode. Check me out on Microwave Minutes. Uh, just check out Microwave Minutes. You can get there through links. Plenty of links. Click all the links. See where they go. It's a tree. It's a web. It's a web of lies. <laughs> um. And yeah, that's really it. Leave some nice comments. You know, do your thing. Spread spread the love. Share the wealth, etc., etc. But never forget the most important thing of all. I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.